The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you once again for being with us today on Afternoons with Mike. It's my joy to be with you every day at this time, getting to talk to people who are doing and working and living life for the cause of Jesus Christ. And with me today, she's been on before. It's been a while, and I'm really looking forward to getting caught up with Gail Porter. Gail, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Mike. I'm delighted to be here. Well, it's my pleasure to get to talk with you. You know, the person that first told me about you uh, was was my good friend Scott George, and he is the one that said, "Mike, you got to have Gail on your show," and that's how that's how this uh, connection really started. And uh, I, I really appreciate the way that friends like Scott and other people will say, "You know, there's somebody I know that you need to know." And when I hear that, I'm thinking, "Okay, I need to know them so my listeners can get to hear them." And that's exactly what we're talking about today. And I know you were an author. Uh, we talked about the fact that you're an author on your first time here with us today, but you've written a book, a new book. I think this is actually number four. If we count the retreat book, uh, this is number four for you. And, uh, we're going to be talking in depth about not only the book itself, but your life and what brought the book about. And I think that's going to be so interesting to us all. So first of all, tell me, how are you doing? I am doing wonderfully. and. I've learned so much along the way that I've been able to share with friends and with and with others as well. Sorry about that. No, that's no, okay. You know, the, this whole thing about what authors do, like yourself, I mean, I'm sure that in the beginning, before you ever wrote your first book, it wasn't like you woke up one day and said, I want to be a, an, an author that makes a difference in people's lives. I want to write, but I'm sure that didn't happen. I mean, it it, it just kind of catches up with you, right? It, it, that's so true. I It was just an isolated book, really. Yeah. And I saw it minister to people, especially with loss. And so then the rest, just God just put thoughts in my mind of what I could say and do to help other people find freedom like I was. Now, you know, the whole thing about freedom, which that that's a, a big topic that we'll be discussing in just a bit here, uh, it is something that we're seeing in our country right now. One of the biggest divides that I think in my entire lifetime I've ever seen our country feels different than it did when I was growing up. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we can get back to that place where we can free to be Americans again, regardless of the color of skin regardless of background, where there can be something going on. But these are tough times uh, that all of us are having to live through right now. Wouldn't you agree? I would totally agree. I mean, who who would have thought that we would be in this kind of world environment? At, and and God, God, I have to remind myself that God is always in control. Yeah. Even if we, we see a lot going around around us that is puzzling, uh, just disappointing, and really, a lot of people don't even know where to head, what to say, what not to say in this environment. Well, with that, I, I believe that we are poised, and if God were granted, we're poised for revival, because people, yes. even those people who do not right now know the Lord, and yet, even the some aspects, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but it's really true. Some aspects of the mainstream news media is starting to wake up and realize that things aren't so great as they've been projecting them on the newscasts or in their articles that they write for the papers. Things are rough right now. And it's evidenced by what happened this past weekend with this uh, person walking into Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen's church in Houston, and shooting up the place with uh, an, uh, an AR rifle only to have a child. She brought a child with her. And I understand the person is a trans person identifying as a guy. That's that's a whole other story right there. 
but brings a seven-year-old boy, her seven-year-old boy, with her, and and he gets hit in the head with with a uh, the the exchange of fire from the officers that were there. It's just a tragic thing, and to realize that 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 lady lost her life, and they say that this young kid is likely not to survive, and it's just heartbreaking. All of this happening in whether you like Joel Osteen or not, or whether you agree with his theology or not. This was a church building that they went into a, a building used for a Sunday meeting. And that you, you just hate to hear that kind of thing that we've lost our freedoms to the point where we're not safe going into a church building anymore. That's really concerning. And who would believe that we would be going through that and watching that and be, it's just devastating and heartbreaking. Like you said, it really is. And so all of that to say with, with regards to, how that this kind of event is 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 happening now. We know that the election is happening in November. Uh, it, it just doesn't bode well for what the months are going to be like in between. So I know I'm praying for people. I know you are as well. Uh, when you think about how that all of these things are happening right now, how does that affect you as somebody that that likes to sit down and and you've obviously done it now a number of times and wrote a book to help other people. How does all of this uh, kind of hit you in the mornings? Well, it's interesting. Uh, as I've written uh, this uh, the current book and the previous book, it's like the enemy is just pulling out the stops. He is there to discourage us, to pull us down, to rob us of hope. And so it's, we need to, acknowledge yes god is in control but the enemy is moment by moment surrounding us whether it be a church setting or just an individual pondering and we we just need to acknowledge him and when we see things come up into our lives and and the lives of people around us we we know that is not of god and we need to speak directly to the enemy and say, I live for God and you have no power over me. I couldn't agree more. We have to live fearless from the standpoint of not only the enemy, which we know Jesus said that Satan is like a lion. And that was quite a picture that he gave us right there, a roaring lion that would like to sift us, like to just eat us up, if you will. And not only do we have to deal with the enemy of Satan, but we have to deal with this culture that is not exactly warm and friendly to believers right now. And I know that in itself is another thing that uh, people who have been around a long time would never have believed that they would see the day that believers of Jesus are really the kind of the ones under attack um, oft times by not only uh, uh, people who don't believe in the Lord, but our own government. I mean, these are crazy times, aren't they? Oh, definitely. And like you said, who would believe that we would be going through this? Yeah, I know. It, it, it's, it is so crazy. Well, the book that you have written, uh, let's, before we get into the, the freedoms that you talk about and that you needed in your life, remind our listeners about your first book that you alluded to a little bit earlier on and how that you were writing to help people who had suffered loss. Tell us about that. Yes, well, loss is devastating in itself. But again, the enemy wants us to not take the next step, to just really focus on our grief is what he wants. And so my book and what I experienced as I saw cascading losses in my own family, I I, I felt hindered. I felt like... The, my life was never going to be the same. But then as I began to step forward, be a rule participant in my family, I saw their lives changed. I saw my lives changed, my life changed. And so my whole heart was just take that next step. God is waiting for you beyond the bend, around the bend. Yeah. And so I, 
I'm, I'm just pleased that that is still ministering to people because the grief, the loss, it, it just keeps us in bondage. And so that, that's why a few years later, I just felt loved by God to do another book called, Will the Real Person Please Stand Up? Rising Above the Fear of Rejection. So it was a little bit different topic, but it, it was so interesting to me that as I prepared and felt like God wanted me to do that, I, I was like, well, God, can you please tell me how I even experienced something that would lead me to, you know, to feel like I, I really would be rejected by people. Mm-hmm. And so he, he showed, he showed me what had happened in my past that was very, it wasn't alarming, but it was just no love connection within our family. And that, mm. that was the devastating point for me. So that, that was kind of a surprise book, but I, I knew that it was a way to tell some of my story and help others really begin to let go of that fear of rejection. Now, for you, I mean, even writing a book that deals with your family, I'm sure you had to deal with the thoughts about how your family is going to react once they hear about the book or read the book. Did that happen to you? Well, the interesting thing about that is when I did eventually write about it, the the ones that had been ill and had died was multiple. And oh, okay. actually, none of them were alive at that point. But the interesting thing is God focused on what life was like now. Yeah. And so I think my family, I mean, they they actually enjoyed hearing about about you know the individual people in my family so it it was it was god led for sure you know i'm sure that there's some identification that they felt with what you went through and that's always the case isn't it with all of us that what we go through we can feel like it's only us and we're the only ones in the world that <laughs> yes. is suffering through that and then all of a sudden you do what you did you write a book it deals with a subject like rejection and all of a sudden, people are telling you, wow, that, that's like you read my mail. That's an expression I hear often. It's like, wow, how did you know that? Have you been listening in on conversations? I mean, people are going through that today. And we're living again in a day, uh, another term that's floated out there today is cancel culture. It, it's almost like now, not only are you going to feel rejected, you're going to be rejected and shut off maybe even from the normal channels of communication that you've had before. <laughs> so it's really an unusual day and a culture in which we live. Yes. And, and I believe God wants us to keep stepping forward, to not let what, what we see around us uh, hinder us. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that's where that, that path forward is so important. And even uh, about, going back to the lost book, the reason I entitled it life through loss is that as a result of that loss, I had a whole new life because I was holding back. I was really a spectator for my family. And that actually explains why I wrote the books I did because I, no one knew that I was being very aloof and just not really engaged in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, but uh, as a result of all this lost uh, and, and the, what my family members went through as they died, it was, it was just mm, such an important lesson that we don't need to stay right where we are right now, that God has plans for us. And I think actually, as my brother was ill, and did eventually die of leukemia, mm-hmm. I had to, I, I just heard from God, all right, are you going to continue to be a spectator or are you going, going to be a participant? Mm-hmm. And with all the devastation that had happened, I knew I wanted to be a participant. And my, the four adult children of my brother needed me. 
And so it really did create a whole new life. Now, some of it was a result of the fact I'm single. So now suddenly I have children. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, I'm an aunt. Sometimes I'm a, a, you know, a friend. Sometimes I'm a grandmother, whatever the case may be. And so it's just kept me very involved, very active in life. And I think God has used that really in, in the books I've written since then to see that you can be a participant. You don't need to worry about what everyone's going to say about you. You just walk forward into the, the open doors that God creates for us. It's my privilege to talk to a lot of authors, and I'm always curious as to uh, how they got off the, the starting block, if you will, uh, and actually writing a book. What was your story? How is it that you took all of these ideas in the beginning on that very first book and really saw through a way that it could be documented in such a way that you could put it together chapter by chapter and end up with a book? What was that for you? Well, it started with a desire to tell the story of my sister. She was a stepsister, but we became just such close sisters. And she was struggling through cancer. And so I, and then to see how, how confident, how still joyful filled she was and still cared about people, her, she really had an extraordinary story. And so really it started with telling the story of Addie. And then as people, other family members became ill and were facing death, I thought, oh, I need to write about that person. Oh, I need to write about that person. Well, it turned out that there was a, a whole handful of people that were then in this book because God showed me it wasn't just that one story, but he helped me focus on it so that I could move forward and tell about the other people involved in that as well. So that each story was a little bit different, but I I, I really just followed God and how he directed me and what he wanted me to point out with each particular family member. So I, I know that, that God is really, you know, using that and uh, helping uh, people mm, not give in to what's happening right around them, but just yeah. and stay focused on God because he has plans for each of us. And yeah. yes, I may be an author, but that's just my calling. So others have, stories to tell as well that will impact other people's lives. I agree. I, I, it's my privilege to talk to them every day. And I tell people all the time, you'd be surprised at how your story, even though you don't think it's a big deal, but there's somebody else that can, in hearing that story, really be encouraged and if not inspired by what they went through, even the dark things that they've gone through, can be a source of light and, and really lift the burden off of somebody else. And that's what you do, Gail. You're really an encourager through what you've done. And speaking about what you've done, a book that you've written is uh, going to be our topic when we get back from this break. It's a, a brand new book that came out in uh, May of last year. We're going to talk about that with my guest, Gail Porter, in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3570. My guest today is Gail Porter, and she is from Orlando, and we're going to have to have her up to the studio the next time we do one of these things, but it is great to be able to talk with her today. Gail is an author of a number of books, and we talked about the one on loss. Your next book that you wrote in that line kind of sets up the one that we're going to be talking about that dropped in May, and that is, Will the Real Person Please Stand Up? 
Now that's it's almost sounds like a game show. <laughs> so you've you've got a great title working for you on that one. Will the real person please stand up and identify yourself? And that's the way we live a lot of times, right? We live in uh, this sense of uh, anonymity, and we we really don't uh, want ourselves, our real selves, out there. Correct, correct, and that that's a whole path that you know we pass through those stages and. Really, my life as as I see it now compared to what it was a handful of years ago is, is just amazing to me continually. Yeah. So, so tell the, us about the makeup of this book. How did it come about and what uh, what was the, the, the launch pad for that one? Right. Well, again, God, God directs us and, and puts a sense of plans that he has for us and so I think that's why the will the real person please stand up? Yes, it's it's for uh, the listeners and it's for readers, but it really is about me because I was not standing up. Yes, I just was pretending. I was I was striving for acceptance. I wanted to measure up to what everyone else wanted me to do, and so. I, I built this wall. Again, people didn't know. I I put on an invisible mask when I'd go out with friends. I didn't want to divulge any, you know, weakness or any struggle or problems I had. I just acted like everything was just fine. And that's how people saw me. And the, I remember my first job, I, I wanted to be the best executive assistant there was. Uh, in our group. And so I, I I created a beautiful facade, but it wasn't the real me. And that that's the thing. I, I, I wasn't a real person. And so when God led me to begin to write this book, it, it helped me really see all these defenses I had built that, that were like, I thought a good protection. Mm-hmm. Protection. But in essence, it kept me in captivity. I I had to make sure I hid everything so people would see this person that I had created. So it became a, a story, really, of me going out then to how people can be free of, of those defenses. But we have to pull down those defenses. And actually, if we do not, we stay in hiding. Mm-hmm. So... People are talking to us, they're seeing us, but it, again, it's not the real person. And I think that's why God, God led me to that title because it, and it has really resonated with, with a lot of people. And I have people that knew me many years ago and read story, my story, my book and other things. And they just are amazed that I was that person before <laughs> because it was a great cover up. But you know, And it leads really into my desire that people not only learn how to let go of their fear of rejection, but they learn how to live an authentic life. I think that's, I I think that is the point that I want to jump in because what you've been describing up to now, this whole thing of living, as you said, a facade, uh, you know, there's a term that's out there about uh, having your profile on Facebook or Instagram you know, it's almost like being Instagram worthy. So people put this picture of themselves that's not real, that is maybe their best day real, only that about themselves or themselves or about their children. Uh, and it really doesn't represent life. It really isn't a real picture as to what they do. But that is the picture that people are putting out on social media today. And it's interesting that the more to the degree that that happens, I find this with a lot of people, that they are more lonely in reality. They're more mm-hmm. shut off from the real relationships because mm-hmm. of this facade that they're put up. And it looks like they're living. And I think a lot of their best friends assume they're living it, but they're really mm-hmm. not. And no one's ever asking any of the deep questions. Uh, that's such an excellent example. I mean, we, you know, once in a while we do that too, right? But it, it, it it's trying to paint a picture that we feel is acceptable. 
and that other people will be drawn to and drawn to us. But I so agree with what you said, Mike, about being lonely. Yeah. That is a lonely place to be like, oh, it has to be perfect. Oh, I have to have so many posts. And it, 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 it just goes against what God wants. He wants us to be this authentic person that he created us to be. And, and so the comparison, and I think along with what you're saying about our Facebook posts, you know, we, we compare ourselves to what other people are saying on there and other pictures that they're posting. And so that's not what we need to focus on. We need to focus on Jesus and, and what plan God has for us. That's where the, the, that's where the loneliness is dealt with because you have other people around you and you feel free to talk about the real life that you have. That's exactly right. I'm reading a book right now that is just wonderful, and it talks about gospel honesty. And I thought Ooh. that is such a great phrase because it, it, it's emphasizing the need that we all live and, and that we have in our lives, that the need to be real. And, whether, and, and so many people are not being real right now. I go back to uh, Facebook and Instagram, all the social media that's out there today. I remember a number of years ago, some celebrities were uh, doing selfies of themselves with these crazy duck lips. They would pooch their lips out, and that suddenly became a craze, and you would see it everywhere. And it's like, what in the world? They're not being honest with themselves at all. I mean, do you look like that when you're having breakfast with somebody? And yet this is what was out there. Like here I am at the ball game and there go the lips. I mean, it's just crazy. What we need is gospel honesty where we live in such a way that we're number one, we're, we're really who we say we are. And yes. then number two, we've got relationships that are close enough and it's honest enough that they can ask us about how we're really doing. Maybe the, the the tertiary questions going down into the deeper levels of saying, how are you doing really? What's going on about that? And if we don't have that, then chances are we're going to be tempted at times to live one of these Instagram worthy kind of time periods in our lives. Exactly. That that's such a great picture of, of really what is happening. And the, the interesting thing is, if you are still living behind these defenses, you're having conversations out there, but they're not true conversations, which you've alluded to, Mike. And so it's like you, well, let me say this. It, as you tear down those defenses and you, you know, take that first step, and God gives you confidence, then those conversations, they have nothing in between that person and, and us. That's right. So as we talk, we're talking real things that are happening or not happening. And I agree. It's wonderful when we say, how are you really? Because that opens the door for people to really say what, what is inside of them. And so I, as I actually hadn't tasted this freedom till I was in my forties. Mm. And so it's been an amazing journey to compare who I was before and who I am now, because when I have conversations with people, I'm really there. I'm not thinking, Oh, did they like what I just said? Mm -hmm. Or, Oh, maybe I can't really help them like I want to, but we, we are just face to face with these people and we can minister and we can listen because we're not trying to figure out what our next sentence is going to be that that might be acceptable no it's just we're we're just face to face there's no aloofness like i had and and i i as i look back even recent days it's like there's such joy being able to talk to people and be honest with them and allow them to be honest with you. That is There's so true. Wonder about that. And so there is so much ahead if for the people that are still hiding behind their defenses so that they can be acceptable, it, it, all that can be torn away. And that's why, you know, 
will the real person please stand up? You can say, this is the real me. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the person God created me to be. And living in that kind of, uh, living that kind of life it, it is what God wants. Yes. The book I alluded to earlier is by Ray Orland and Sam Alberry. It's called You're Not Crazy. And it has uh, an illustration in the beginning of the the book, I think chapter one, where uh, Sam meets up with somebody very uh, just accidentally at a grocery store, someone that he knew as a lady that he knew had hadn't seen her for a while for a couple of weeks. And he goes, Hey, I've missed you. And, and the response he got was not exactly what he expected. He said, well, I just feel like I'm going through some things right now in my life that I need to get in a better place over those things before I can come back to church. And uh, it's such an incredible reality that so many people feel that their life, not only the way they look on Instagram or Facebook, this perfect picture of themselves, but they actually have to be living that life so perfectly before they can come back and fellowship with other believers. That is (laughs) such a sign of how just out of balance we are in, in our lives. If believers in Jesus believe that and live that way, that's really sad, isn't it? Yes, yes. God, God just really is grief when we're not able, we're not willing to just be the person that he wants us to be that day. Yeah, that's right. And yes, and I, I just, I have to just tell the story that meant so much to me. I was, my church had invited me to do a sermon and the ending part of it was about being authentic, uh, fit into what we were doing for the year. And so afterward, someone said to me, Gail, you are the real person you're asking us to be. I, I was just astounded and Mm. so grateful that God that that's what they saw and that God helped me be that person. But the interesting thing is I wasn't even thinking about that. I mean, I went, there was no plan in my heart to, Oh, I want to be authentic and show them. And no, it wasn't even in my heart. And that's what made it all the more meaningful. But I thought, Oh God, how wonderful. If I can just continue to be the real person that you want me to be, because you're going to help me minister to other people. You're going to help me show them how to let go of all this, these feelings of rejection and just be who I am and they can be who they are. It's wonderful to think about. It is wonderful to think about. And what you're describing, this condition of uh, fear of rejection uh, has been going on for a long time. This is not a new thing. It's not just a, a new faddish thing that people are feeling. I mean, we all live with that need of, of approval. Yes, there, that's a human thing that happens. But if we bow our knee of our life to that and we live for that, that's when it's going to become a problem. And we've got to be, again, gospel honest with each other and say, yeah, right. that's, yeah, that's not what I'm doing right now. I need to grow in this area right here. And the, and the sooner we do that, we hit that point that you just mentioned, the point of having real joy when we are not living the facade anymore, but we're just comfortable being who we are, flaws and all. That's who we are. And that's what, that's what we need to see. Right. And, and that's why I believe God uh, direct me to do this newest book living on the path of freedom, leaving fear of rejection behind. But the living on the path, all of a sudden, one day I thought, I want to show people what life could be like on this path of freedom. Mm. And so it evolved from there. And so I I included a lot of my own story, just so people will know I, I was on that journey. And so then... God brought, I wanted to tell individual stories. God brought 10 people across my path and it was, all the connections were just so unusual. And actually I know all of them, which was another amazing thing. So each person had a chance to tell their own story of the bondage. And then now 
what life is like for them. I mean, there you can imagine, you can just throw off all these protections, all these facades, and just live authentically. And so that's why I'm excited about that book. But you can see how the previous one, will the real person please stand up? And then this one is living on the path of freedom. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're living. That's what God intends for us. It sounds like a natural extension when you finally discover who that real person is and they start <laughs> that process of standing up. Now we still have to live, don't we? And we have to go from there and live out the freedoms that we are. And that's one of the things, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about honesty and being real here today. And You know, that's one of the things, Gail, that I've loved about the Bible for all my life from reading it, because it is real. You don't just see the Instagram-approved picture of David, if you read the Bible, of King David. He had a bunch of flaws, and he had a bunch of sins, and he goofed up a whole bunch in his life, did things that he should never have done. And yet the end for David, because he repented, I, you go and you, you read Psalm 53 and you realize that, my goodness, this guy really came to that point of reckoning that we're talking about. And he said, I've got to be real. Lord, I'm not real. Please restore to me the joy of my salvation. And that's what he did. And then in the book of Acts, when David dies, you know, none of his failures are really mentioned by God. And God could have done that, but God doesn't do that. And we can be honest, most importantly, we can be honest to God. And that's where we, he wants us to be. Yes. It's, it's a wonderful life, isn't it, Mike? It, it certainly you, is. You know, just be free. Um, I, I just love that the, the, they're just thinking about we can be free to be the real you, you know? Right, exactly. My guest today is Gail Porter. Uh, this is so good, and I hope that people are really sensing the sincere heart that Gail has in these books. We'll talk more about our new book in a moment. When we return, this is Afternoons with Mike and you're on The Shepherd. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. With me today on the phone is Gail Porter. Gail is an author, and she's written a number of books. The most recent book is entitled Living on the Path of Freedom, Leaving Fear and Rejection Behind. And uh, that is uh, a companion uh, to the previous book that we were talking about in our last segment, Will the Real Person Please Stand Up? Rising Above the Fear of Rejection. And I think it's so wise when an author like yourself really kind of builds out, if you will, on their previous works. And maybe it's not so much a sequel as it is a follow-up, and maybe even a deeper dive into this subject of living, because that's really what you found in your life. You found that you weren't the person you needed to be, and you needed to become and to live out that person that God wanted you to live and be. And that's really what this next book is kind of introducing, that thought of living in the freedom of God, right? I think that happened because one day... I realized I no longer wanted to exist as the person everyone else wanted me to be. I wanted to be free. I, I wanted to be my myself the way that God intended. And so the interesting thing about that is when I no longer wanted to be that person and actually a person that I wasn't, it was a false person. So. God put me on this path then of really discovering who I was. And, but that, that, that's a very specific step that all of us can take is to ponder what kind of life we have been living and then see, do we still want to exist as that person? 
and then say, God, what do you want me to be? Mm-hmm. How have you created me? And so that that wonder, then it opens the, the door and God is so he will be so amazing with you like he was with me, just taking me step by step and showing me the difference. And like you said, Mike, the, the previous book, Will the Rule Person Please Stand Up, comes to a place at the end of the book where you're tasting the freedom. You know, it's kind of telling us we can have something different. And then the second book is really once you step onto that path of freedom, then what can life look like? And I think in, in our hearts, we're, yes, we're afraid for people to discover who we really are. But once you take that step and you will begin to see that people respond to you differently. And the reason is because you're divulging right. how you feel. Being honest. And being honest, yeah, and saying, you know, I had that problem too. Or, you know, I didn't feel very confident going into that, but God gave me confidence and just explaining who you are. And so that's where the hope comes then that we can be a different person. Well, the different person being the person God wants us to be. And it's a glorious path to be on. And God will open opportunities for you to share things with other people and begin to have a ministry with mm-hmm. them. Because you know, you know, I hear uh, often on this, Gail, I hear that people will say one of the big uh, ha- things that happened that gave them the faith to step on into that honesty and that real world was they felt safe. And, and the reason they felt safe is because the people in their lives that they had opened up to had, had uh, maybe given back to them a sense of feeling safe. It was a safe space. I hear that phrase a lot. And, Mm -hmm. and so that is the beginnings of real change when we can step out and maybe in the very first day of doing it, we feel a little bit of fear, but we step out and we find out that the water is okay. Hey, it's all right. It's okay to live this way. I can be this way. And every day that you take that step it gets a little bit easier, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And the thing is, you no longer have to expend your energy trying to dis- uh, trying to set up how, what you're going to be like that day or with that person. Yeah. I, I think what happens instead of in the back of our minds and hardly listening to what that person's saying, that we will be such good listeners. And when you listen to someone and they begin to tell you their story or their fears or not being uh, positive about themselves, whatever, then all of a sudden you're, you're listening and listening and you can begin to share with them the life you used to have and the life you have now. So it's just a whole it's really that path of freedom. When we're on it, we will meet people on that path. We will meet people who are still discouraged and in bondage. So the the way it leads us is to, once we can be authentic about ourselves, others will be able to be authentic with us. Yeah, that's really that biblical promise that we have that as we have received freely, we turn around and we give freely. So yes. it is really, we become then just a channel of the joy and the forgiveness and the hope. You mentioned how so many people are hopeless today, and that is so true. But when we have received hope, and if we realize that, wow, that has changed my life, then I need to become a giver, a channel of hope yeah. to other people. And that's mm-hmm. really, that's when the person can really start to live in the good of of the Lord. That's so true, because one of the stories in here is called From Brokenness to Beauty. And this wonderful, beautiful woman had, had been in this abusive marriage and felt no hope and was continually pushed down. And then 
God really met her in, in an extraordinary way and get, gave her hope. And that's what you were just saying, Mike. W without hope, we, we die. And with hope, it's like there's, there's, okay, the next step that we might be able to take. And so she then let go of what had happened, acknowledged what had happened. We cannot, we will always have that past. We will remember that past, but we don't ha have to live in the past. Mm -hmm. So she stepped forward and she began to, well, she had some counseling that helped her really began to heal but even she was doing so well and the the organization asked her to continue to counsel but could she actually talk to some of the other people who needed hope and so she god just began to heal her through the way she was healing other people and so she is just a bright light she's gone into the uh, mental health avenue and because she's been where these people live then she understands them and so she's you know so much healing but of course we all continue to heal from such things but i i just think it's such a, a place of hope and I, I think i love the title from brokenness to beauty because she was broken mm -hmm. yeah but then god brings beauty out of that and that's what people are going to see in you or in the listeners <laughs> because once you take off that facade and you really become that person they see in your eyes they see the way you respond to them they see the encouragement and the the input that they're giving to you so that you can live a new kind of life that's exactly so, right the important thing is stepping on the path and then God, I know God's just opened so many doors for me that I never could have opened because there was someone waiting out there who needed to know about my journey and the journey that they can be on. Wow, that's so good. And you know, just look around and you listen to how people talk. The word that you mentioned earlier, mental health, that phrase, uh, yes. That is a descriptor that is uh, more at work and more used today than ever before. And it doesn't mean that there's a condition that is uh, either mental or like a, like a deficiency that is beyond just our emotions. It, it can mean as much uh, as uh, depressed or, or feeling, yeah. like you said, rejected. The, and if we're fixated on those things, and so many people are, I think it's safe to say that a good number of people that we're going to pass on any given day might well be in need of hope in their lives. I don't think that's too far to say that. I think we need to realize that we need to be purveyors of hope and joy to people uh, that we come across in the course of a day. And that's what your book is kind of talking about. It's living every day, living with this sense of freedom. And that's what God wants us to do. Yes, yes. And we may think there's no hope, but hope so true, Mike. That's what people are looking for. Yeah. And they just want a different kind of life, but they don't think they can get it. I agree with you. I think so many people really don't believe that there can be any difference in their life. But that's where when a person like yourself that's gone through something and we can be patient, we can be loving, we can be joyful, it gives that person fresh courage to think, you know, maybe I could live differently too. And that's really what I believe can be the outcome of a person being honest before other friends. Correct, correct. And there is hope in you and I, and all of the listeners can help people realize they aren't living a hopeless life. There, there is hope. And I think the key is that they no longer want to be that person. They want to be free. And as they reach out to that freedom, you know, God, God is there. He wants to help them be able to be the authentic person 
that he's created them to be. Yeah. I know and you it, mentioned uh, earlier off uh, this program, you mentioned about hashtags. Tell that uh, story, if you will. Yes. Well, with this this heart uh, to just want people to be authentic and be the real person, I I often now put hashtags authenticity and authentic self even and uh, you know authentic and so as I notice that those hashtags it's like authenticity there are millions of people that have searched for that yeah even the authentic self that's you know just a one word authentic self millions. And so people everywhere are longing to just relax and be who they are. And so I think as we think of the chance we have to live an authentic life, it's what what, what more hope do we need, right? That's right. And so it's a matter of saying, God, I want to be free to show people who I am, help help me be courageous enough to explain it to other people. But I think that being authentic, I mean, don't you think all of us would really just want to be the authentic person that God's created us to be? I think so. There's no greater plan. Is there? I agree completely. Give us the title of the book again and where people can find it. Yes. Living on the path of freedom, leaving fear of rejection behind. My website is gailporterauthor.com, Amazon and, and bookstores that you can access. Wherever fine books are sold. That's the phrase that's out there. That's it. <laughs> Gail Porter, I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you for being with me. And we wish you the best and congratulations. Uh, and we pray for great success that many people will find this book, avail of the promises it contains, and Find that freedom in their life. That's my prayer. I appreciate you being with us and friends with you as well. Thanks for being with us on another program. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.